Auburn's a college town, but it was built on top of a rural community. Agriculture is important to Auburn's identity, but when most people think of agriculture, we envision pastures full of livestock and open fields of crops, but this isn't the whole picture. One farm less than an hour's drive away in Dadeville, Alabama, looks nothing like we imagined it should, and is transforming what agriculture in this state can be. From the Auburn Plainsman, this is Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown. This week, grow it yourself. Podcast writer Katie Carroll and I visit Fungi Farm to try to figure out what this kind of farm looks like, how it operates, and the people who've brought it here. Stay with us. Hey, this is Evan Melans, online editor of the Auburn Plainsman. I just want to remind everyone, if you'd like to support this organization and our podcast team, you can log on to theplainsman.com, click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Once again, that's theplainsman.com, and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. Let's start by describing the place. There's no field, no animals milling about, no crops in sight. It's a small metal building the size of a few storage units. This could be your standard auto mechanic shop, but a rainbow open sign leads to a storefront full of tie-dye mushroom paintings, resin-coated mushroom necklaces, various medicine droppers full of mushroom extract, and small plastic bags of dried reishi mushrooms to be used for tea. Uh, this one is reishi, so this is one of the medicinal mushrooms uh, that people take. It's uh, especially uh, popular in like East Asia. Um, and people say that it like reduces stress and reduces inflammation and helps with sleeping. Um, That's Matthew Fibus, the sales manager at Fungi Farm. He made the necklaces out of the same mushrooms. There are thousands of strands of mushrooms that grow from different fungi, and Fungi Farm cultivates 80 of these varieties, but focuses on 10 to 15 specific ones. Some mushrooms, like the chestnut mushrooms, have a nutty flavor. The farm has fungi that can grow mushrooms that range from tasting like crab meat to roast beef. So there's a lot of different mushrooms that have a lot of different flavors. I think it also uh, largely depends on how you cook them because I've tried like dehydrating mushrooms and then rehydrating them into a soup. Mm -hmm. And when you dehydrate them, they lose all their moisture. But when you put them back into the soup, they suck up all the spices and all the, the soup juices basically yeah they basically take on that flavor it's okay. it's more like tofu really mm. um in that sense beyond the normal storefront there's a narrow hall that leads into a concrete floored workroom johnny cash's voice oozes from the radio and is occasionally drowned out by the mechanical whirring of heavy machinery two men daniel lee webster and andrew reynolds wear auto mechanic style work shirts with the fungi farms black circular logo on the pockets they're holding plastic bags under a metal machine that towers from the floor to the ceiling of the shop this blue machine is a hopper and fills plastic bags with water wood pellets and soybean hulls these plastic bags act as a controlled substitute for wood logs and provide fungi with all they need to grow They get sugar from the sawdust pellets and protein from the soybean hulls. And like all other organisms, they need water to survive. Here's Alan Carroll, 
the owner of Fungi Farm. Mushroom food. Mushrooms eat stuff. You know, plants photosynthesize, uh, but mushrooms have to eat things. So they, they don't get their energy from the sun. They get their energy from, from, from dead plants, basically. So these Behind the workroom is a narrow hall filled with repurposed honey drums. Uh, they're 55-gallon barrels, and we got um, five of them hooked up right now, but we're looking to expand in the future. And each of those barrels can do uh, about... Uh, 250 pounds of substrate, which turns into 250 pounds of mycelium. Um, and these look like per barrel, so we can do almost a ton of uh, mycelium in a single run. And these look like big soup cans wrapped in tin foil, kind yeah, of. Yeah, they're wrapped in insulation to keep the heat in, and also to protect our workers because uh, sometimes they might touch the outside of the barrel, and if there was no insulation, they could burn themselves. So. Thank you. That's very sweet. Thank you. That's very sweet. That's Andrew joking with Matthew as he squeezes past him in the two-foot space between the wall and the work table. These are used to boil the soybean whole, sawdust, and water mixture to sterilize it. From there, the bags are moved to the clean room. As Matthew explains it, boiling the bags kills all of the pathogens, bacteria, and other microorganisms in the mixture. So when the fungi is introduced to the bags in a sterile environment, it doesn't have anything to compete with. So, okay, we're walking back outside and around the front of the shop um, to the other side. And this kind of almost looks like a, it's like a brown building that you might see an automotive shop in. Oh, there's a little cat. Yeah, it's kind hey, of buddy. like an automotive shop. And that's, that's my roommate's cat, by the way. He comes with us to work pretty often. Let's also make an important distinction. Fungi Farm grows fungi. It does not grow mushrooms. Think of fungi as a tree. The mycelium, the white, mold-like substance that grows in these bags is, as Alan calls it, the vegetative body of the fungus. And so it's kind of like uh, the tree, for lack of a better term. And a mushroom is actually a reproductive structure similar to like an apple. So mushrooms make spores, and that's how the life cycle continues. So. The white stuff they the sell the mycelium-filled bricks, as they are called, to farmers or individuals who want to grow for themselves. If a traditional farm sells apples, Fungi Farm is selling the apple tree. After the bags are sterilized and the fungi culture is introduced to the bag, the bricks are stored on shelves. So we got, um, we call them racks. Uh, uh, we have like 13 of these, and each of these can hold around uh, 750 pounds of mycelium each. So a 10 pound uh, block usually produces around two pounds on the first flush, and then you can get around two to three pounds on the next flush. So you're um, saying like- Over the course of a month. Think of a flush like a harvest. Give it a week or two and the mushrooms will sprout. You harvest the first flush, and then they grow again, and then you harvest again. So a lot of people consider us a mushroom farm, but we support mushroom farms. So if anybody is reading this or listening to this and wants to get involved with mushroom cultivation, the best thing they can do is just come hang out with us for a day and figure out kind of what more that looks like to them. After a customer buys their brick, all it takes to grow is cutting the bag and soaking the exposed area in water for a few hours. This isn't their sole product, though. In addition to the necklaces and oils in their storefront, 
They sell Petri dishes, which HVAC companies may buy to test for bacteria. Or parents may buy for their kids' science fair projects. So they'll be like, hey, my, my kid's doing this thing. Will this Petri dish grow bacteria if we, like, you know, go touch stuff around the house and then do a thumbprint? And so the answer is yes, it will work for that. We'll be right back. From the Auburn Plainsman, my name is Jack West, and this is your news for the week. Short-term rental properties like Airbnbs will now be prohibited in several single-family residential Auburn neighborhoods. Last Tuesday, the Auburn City Council voted 5-3 to to approve an amendment which would curtail where these short-term rental properties could be. This vote came after years of arguments in both the council and the community broadly about the role these kinds of properties should have in Auburn. In other news, a new organization in Auburn's College of Business called Women in Technology is holding workshops and speaking events dedicated to helping women develop professional skills like resume building and interview techniques. The group's vice president, Morgan Lyons, said she joined the organization because she has a passion for encouraging women to go into the technology field. Quote, Only 28% of women join the technology field, and I hope this organization encourages more business students to join. End quote. From the Auburn Plainsman, this has been your news for the week. Now, back to the show. So we've talked a lot about the inner workings of Fungi Farm, how they make their product, and how they sell it, but there's still a big question we haven't answered yet. Why do these people care about fungi? The song you're hearing is Dirt Diggity by The Familiars, the band Andrew and Daniel made together. Andrew is the president of the Organic Gardening Club at Auburn University and is in graduate school for adult education after earning a bachelor's in horticulture with a minor in sustainability. He said that his interest in growing food led him to Fungi Farm. Growing things. I mean, I came to Auburn to learn how to provide food for myself and for those like the community around me. And so Andrew soon met Alan and secured a position at Fungi Farm as the production manager. With his bandmate Daniel, he is responsible for inoculating the hundreds of bricks that line the shelves in this room. Matthew, the sales manager has a very similar introduction to the world of fungi. So for me, I was just trying to find purpose in my life, really. I was trying to find things that mattered the most to me. And to me, it was mostly just sustaining myself, figuring out how to be a person on the planet without participating in all the harmful effects that humans have on the planet, really. So growing your own food is part of that, lessening your impact on the environment. And I was trying to do that, trying to figure out ways to produce my own food. He said that growing plants was expensive and difficult. He did some research and found out that, on the other hand, fungi would be easy to grow in the 100 square feet he had in his apartment. So I was really doing it out of like one shelf in my closet. Yeah. Uh, growing mushrooms. So, I mean, without fungi, I wouldn't have been able to grow anything in my apartment uh, and provide some kind of food for myself. The common link between Andrew and Matthew is Alan, the owner. Alan came to Auburn and was working toward a degree in agronomy, the study of soil. 
right before graduating when he was two classes away from completing his degree. He decided to drop out to open Fungi Farm. Nothing like this existed in Alabama yet. Allen opened up the door for the style of farming and says that now similar farms are emerging all over the state. Allen is also the president of the Alabama Mushroom Society. This group highlights the importance of fungi and ecosystems and helps Alabamians learn to identify mushrooms while foraging across the state. And I also lead a uh, monthly foray at the John B. Scott Nature Trail, mm-hmm. at the Yates Lake Wildlife Management Area. Okay. Uh, it's just south of the dam. Okay. It's like 20 minutes from here. Mm. First Saturday of every month, except for May, we're going to be at the Georgia Mushroom Festival. <laughs> Uh, and if you're a member of Alabama Mushroom Society or if you attend our Q&A session that day here at Fungi Farm, you're invited to the foray. And we always find stuff. It's a big property. Another important aspect of Fungi Farm is its commitment to composting. In some ways, composting is like recycling. It's a process of breaking down organic matter into its most basic nutrients, which are reintroduced into the soil to be used again. These nutrients help soil health and overall positively affect farming. What they are doing at Fungi Farm is essentially controlled composting. They are utilizing waste materials like soybean hull, which would typically be used in concentrated animal feeding operations, which are environmentally damaging. They use these waste materials to support fungus, and in turn, the fungus composts these materials into a usable soil type that helps reintroduce organic matter into the earth. And it's not a finished compost, so you can't take one of these blocks and plant, you know, um, plants directly into it. But uh, after it has been processed by the fungus, it is much easier to break down by bacteria and other things. So very quickly it can become a usable soil type material after we grow mushrooms on it. So we're composting with a specific species of organism, and the byproduct of that composting is fresh mushrooms. Fungi Farm is different from a lot of farms, not only in appearance, but in its function. It takes the waste products of other forms of agriculture and supports something necessary, soil. Well, soil supports all life on the, on the, on the, on the land, at least. So without soil, we don't have people. Um, everything comes from the soil. I mean, our, our clothing, our food, uh, soil cleans the water. Um, How does soil clean the water? Well, water coming out of a spring is clean. And so it, because it went down through the filter of, you know, the planet. So good soils are, uh, or healthy soils are paramount to civilization existing. Special thanks to the familiars for permission to use their song, Dirt Diggity, in today's show. You can find their music on Spotify, Apple Music, or SoundCloud. From the Auburn Plainsman, this has been Sweet 1111. I'm Trice Brown, signing off. See you next week.